It's that podcast with Sammy Rye. A whole lot to cover this week. We're going to keep it kind of short, but we're going to hop into some things going on with video games. Gamescom was last night. A lot of information about video games. Some things I have to touch on as a creative. There's just so many amazing things happening right now. I want to point out to you guys some great places you can make some money or save some money, I guess you would say. Uh, you, You make some money by saving some money. And you can pick up some games on sale. A lot of things going on in the video game industry that are very interesting I want to touch on in general. I want to cover one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. If you're young and ambitious, you're going to want to stay tuned here. If I don't have a lot of regrets, but it's one thing. If I can go back to my younger self and say, don't do this, that's not true. I think something that a lot of people do when they're younger. You hear a lot of people actually promoting that you should do this. And I, I want to touch on that. Um, another thing we're going to get on into podcasts is um, the the Rave Project, the short film or the TV series I'm working on for Netflix. I'm trying to develop for Netflix. I want to get into some of the updates for that and see how if you're in an area you can be involved if you're interested. And finally, we just we'll just again wrap it up and see where it goes from there on that podcast, Sammy Ride this week. So the first thing I'm going to do, hopping in right into it, is GamesCon. So GamesCon happened last night. And they basically, you know, if you guys have ever heard of any video game convention, they do these throughout the year. They sometimes save their best video games or things that they're developing for these conferences to kick off, you know, a season. And if it's August, um, what is it? What's the day's day? August 26th today. So this marks to me the actual beginning of the next gen of video games, right? When the PS5 came out, I believe it's the Xbox Series X or something like that, which is very difficult to remember the name of their actual next console. Um, when those things first launched, it didn't feel like the next the next generation of gaming came, right? It almost felt like that never was going to happen again. Because like when the iPhone or your Android, you know, when you go get a new iPhone, if a new one comes out, sometimes you might not even know the new one came out. Your apps in your store don't really have a leap, Right there, there might be a new app that comes out occasionally, but those they don't focus on leveraging the technology of that new system, um, and they kind of do this incremental thing where every once in a while, like a new app will come out. You may not know why, and it's actually factoring into like they actually make those video games for your phone. They try to make it for the most devices possible, right? So they don't really want to be only on the new phone. Not a lot of people have that new phone. So they try to kind of spread it out and get for like the most common, you know, thing on a phone, basically. So you don't have a lot of devices, um, you know, a lot of games pushing your device, right? You go buy some gaming phone, right? If that's if anyone advertises that as such a thing, you're, you're wasting money because there is no game that's going to really push that phone. And you're going to also run into things like it destroying your battery life and stuff like that because that's not a thing. So on the PlayStation they they're open about it. PlayStation and Microsoft both said, or Sony and Microsoft both said that they're not um, looking to do what they did in the past when they look at you know these generation leaps. Because video games have gotten so advanced, they're so expensive now, it's not going to be night and day anymore, right? They've kind of gotten to the, a bit of the max of what they want to do. Um, so when they put out the PlayStation, they put out the new Xbox. They were just getting it out there, really. Um, because it was time to do that. And for them, they're making money off their systems and things like that. But the, you didn't see these brand new games come out. They were just amazing, right? You didn't see these launch titles for these systems that said you had to go get them. Actually, everything seems like you still play on the current systems. 
So I don't remember when they actually started launching because there's these PlayStation shortages and Xbox shortages because of these hackers and these things are going on now where people make these automated bots to buy up every new system that comes out. And then they're like all basically being hoarded on these like black market sites or these other like, you know, third party sites. And people are selling them. I think I saw an Xbox last night for $1,400. Somebody was trying to sell it for It's a resale. Um, what they're doing is trying to control the market and the supply. So like all the systems, most of the systems are are basically being bought up by these scammers and hackers trying to, you know, run out the market. That's their plan or whatever. And that's basically why you, that, I think, on a, in conjunction with there not really being those titles that you feel like you have to go get, um, GamesCon last night comes out and they start showing the real next generation of games. So that was exciting. Definitely check it out. You can go to YouTube and just put in like new game trailers, filter for like today or filter for this week. A lot of new interesting games came out or coming out. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is Saints Row. Right now, if you never played Saints Row, you heard of Grand Theft Auto. Basically, Saints Row is like Grand Theft Auto. And um, I love business. I love interesting moves. And I want to always highlight these things, right? So they did like a story trailer for Saints Row. And from this, the, the get-go, I feel like there's a clear messaging in their advertisement. Their messaging is uh, Saints Row is, is being rebooted. They're calling it just Saints Row now, which is interesting because Saints Row had started off as being like, we want to be the other Grand Theft Auto. And originally, I believe it was a Microsoft exclusive or just being heavily um, you know, advertised on Microsoft's system at the time. And Saints Row Part 1 was was a nice breath of fresh air, right? If you only had played Grand Theft Auto 3, Grand Theft Auto 4, and, and then you felt like that was the only one. Then Saints Row came out, and it was a little silly, um, but Grand Theft Auto has a little silly humor to it, too. It just seemed like a different alternative. And I was looking forward to what Saints Row would become. Um, I think 2 was a little bit better. 3, I hear, is the best one. Um, and I actually got 3. If you have a laptop that can run any kind of games... Uh, mind you, this is an older game, so if you have even any kind of decent laptop, it's worth checking out. But on the Epic Game Store on your computer right now, because of GamesCon, you can get Saints Row the Third, which is the third Saints Row game for free for your laptop. Definitely recommend checking out, setting up an Epic Games account if you don't already have one. It you can, it doesn't cost you anything to set it up. You know, install the their little store they have on your computer. And just add the game to your library. You have it for free forever. Um, and then you can play Saints Row the Third, see if you like it, right? I'm, I downloaded it. Definitely something I want to try to, you know, just, just play with for a little bit. Because um, the new Saints Row, I think, number one, looks amazing. And I think from a business standpoint, they have a very good understanding of what Saints Row can be today. So Grand Theft Auto Online, um, when, if, you, if you played that recently, Grand Theft Auto Online has become Fast and the Furious the game. That's where they went, which is surprising because I thought Grand Theft Auto always wanted to be like Scarface the game. I thought it was always going to be the, we don't have a lot of money, we're in like the hood, we're in this urban environment, we need to make a bunch of money and set up like a criminal empire. That's what I thought Grand Theft Auto Online was always going to be. Um, but I think with the success of Fast and the Furious, that influenced Grand Theft Auto Online to being, oh no, we're Fast and the Furious the game. And if you play Grand Theft Auto Online recently, you'll see that that's kind of the formula to where they go. They have this escalation in their storylines where 
it used to be, oh, we need to go steal some money or something like that. And now it's like, we're going to steal some money and we need to put rockets on our car and we're going to fly in the outer space for a second or we, we need to get a giant laser. It's like, that's like how Fast and the Furious is, right? This is escalation. Like, we got to take this up to the next crazy level. And it's very, very fun. Very fun game, um, especially with friends. Grand Theft Auto Online is great. However, it went away from the, the crime simulator, right? It went away from the, the, you know, we need to build a criminal empire kind of thing. So that's the perfect way for Saints Row to go. That's where Saints Row was going. They moved to um, the, the location instead of being in New York, L.A., New York, L.A., which is kind of always the Grand Theft Auto thing. Even Saints Row was kind of always their thing. Everyone's like trying to fight over that. They're going to Houston, right? It's a made-up version of Houston. But basically, they're in the uh, the southwest, right, the Texas kind of area. And it looks beautiful because of it. A lot of sunsets, um, a lot of beautiful, like, uh, you know, that like cowboy desert vistas, right? Um, that looks great. But the other caveat to that is that every game out there right now is trying to figure out how to be Fortnite, right? Because Fortnite makes insane money hand over fist. And I believe they have the best business model. If you, if, I don't care who you are. If you, excuse me, if you sit down and you look at how Fortnite's making money, it is the best way to make money. It's the most efficient way to make money. They're most consistent with their content. The quality of the content is there. And every single video game company is trying to figure out how to align with that business model, right? It just makes sense even for the consumer. It is the easiest on your pocket. That's the whole thing behind their Apple lawsuit. They were trying to make their content cheaper for their customers. It did become cheaper. And it they were on, on the Apple, on the iPhone, it was expensive for them to do it because they take such a big cut. Um, so there, and I believe with Google, Google, Google takes the same kind of cut. Um, and they, they basically took their phone, other games off of those, those platforms. Um, and you can still get it on an Android phone through the Samsung store, who they heavily promote with. They still promote with Samsung. Samsung does not take the same kind of cut through the Samsung game store. So you can still play Fortnite. Um, I think the oldest version of Fortnite on your phone, but I don't know if that works forever because I think they're just, they're just cutting support of the mobile version of the game. Um, the Switch is the only other way really to play it mobile, but, um, yeah, so that all comes back to Saints Row, where the trailer clearly showed they were kind of pulling back because Saints Row had got a bit too wacky. Saints Row started becoming we're the fun game where we just basically play the game with cheat codes, right? It had superpowers, you could jump around, do all these crazy things. It wasn't the crime simulator, it went into this whole other this game isn't serious kind of thing. And while that was fun initially, I think eventually it kind of just became a thing where only certain kind of gamers would want to play it. Just very silly. Let's just play around. Who cares? Very vulgar just for the sake of being vulgar. Um, and then it fell into this like subgenre. So now they're coming back again to the beginning, rebranding themselves as being Saints Row. And you could tell from the trailer that they had all the elements of a Saint of a, a Fortnite kind of story. They had a, a small story they're showing, interesting, very clearly distinct characters very diverse characters, instead of it being everybody from, like, a hood or in a gang in one place, it's like, it actually makes no sense, like, why all these people are friends, right, but they're all friends, they're talking about their friends, um, the, 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 the wording in the script that you see in the trailer is, is giving a good message about friends, and there's some interesting costumes and mechanics that you're seeing that some of the people are wearing, because they're being these bright, colorful characters, I'm sure at some point they will be selling you these costumes online, um, and then you saw some gameplay, too. The gameplay looked very good. 
the third uh, third person over the shoulder style gameplay, uh, much like Fortnite, and a lot of explosions and and great content, right? So, if that game works out well, if that's Ubisoft's next swing, it has a good one player mode, and then also had lets you go online. They also did this with Watch Dogs recently. Um, I believe that's going to be their way of making money. They're not going to try to dethrone Grand Theft Auto or Fortnite. That's not the objective for Ubisoft. Ubisoft is focusing on making lots of um, games in different kind of genres that copy the Fortnite model a little bit. Um, but they want to take like the other money, right? So I think they're happy right now being number two because they're number two ten times. They have like 10 little Fortnites, right? So I think that's how Ubisoft makes their money. And they usually put out games every year. Um, so they're they're all over the place, really. And Ubisoft has a great sale going on on their store. Most of their games that are on sale, you're going to see on the PC. Um, again, if you, if you don't have a PC and you think, you know, I don't know how to get into PC gaming. I recently got into PC gaming for about $600. Again, not too much more expensive than a PlayStation or an Xbox. Um, and I can play all the games that you can play on your PlayStation or your Xbox. And some games that you can play on the next-gen systems. You may not be able to play them on the max graphics. But at your local Best Buy, if you're especially looking for a sale, there's look at different gaming PCs and see what people are recommending. Sometimes they go on sale. So like an $800 PC, you can get something that's, that's very decent. Um, and I got one that was on sale for like $600. And um, yeah, definitely keep your eye out for something like that because I definitely recommend PC gaming, especially if you're an adult. Um, it's just the value is there. There's so many more cheaper games, a lot of games you can do free mods and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for those kind of things if you're interested. Um, and from an artistic standpoint, just looking at the trailers and seeing the amazing worlds that these guys are building. There's so many games that are coming out now. I mean, what are some other ones? So there's the one I, I believe was called... I don't want to mess up the name. I think it was called Split Second. Um, let's go look up the games that came out for GamesCon. And I'll just run this down real quick. Because it was insane. All games confirmed so far for GamesCon, right? Let me find a list. Uh, while we're looking for that, I want to touch on Lego Star Wars. Uh, the Skywalker Saga. Now, my, I had a friend... My, my friend John pointed out last night... You know, if you played one Lego Star Wars game or played one Lego game, you kind of played them all. And that's really true. Um, I like the Lego games, but there are games that you can start playing and like not play anymore after a week or two. I don't feel like they really do a lot to, to hold you. Um, but the fun thing is, it's like a buffet, right? You get to kind of play with these characters. They all have one or two different moves. It might be 200 characters from some kind of thing that you like, right? So like, I recently was playing with my family the Harry Potter game. Uh, right now, it's currently the best Harry Potter game that you can play. Because um, if you want to play with all those characters and go to those locations from the movies and stuff, you kind of get a little taste of all that. It might not be the most uh, fleshed out game, but it's a way that you can do it. Now, the Skywalker one, I'm hoping... Uh, right, the, the Skywalker Saga Lego game they're coming out with, I'm hoping it has a little bit more meat to it. As if from some of the camera views, it looked like the shooting was a little bit more refined. Um, that they still have the melee combat, they all, the melee combat they always have, and they also, you know, have a interesting situation where they're going to touch on and go through the entire Star Wars saga, which I believe is nine movies now, and that's impressive. The graphics look beautiful. Again, when you start to look at it, you say for a Lego game, those aren't the most graphically intensive games, but the camera was in tighter on a lot of the shots. You can see that they really enhanced the graphics for that next gen. And it's nine different movies are touching. 
which is the longest I think Lego game out there. Um, so I don't. It won't be like every single second of every movie is captured in the game, but they're hitting all the most important moments. Um, I think that would be a very fun way to do that. I even seen from the trailer, they kind of redid some of the scenes that I think are less appreciated from the Star Wars movies. So it might actually be a better way to enjoy the Skywalker saga since they can parody or lampoon the scenes people didn't like, um, which they were doing in the trailer. And I think they have a really good idea of how to tell that story. So I haven't been excited for a Lego game in a long time. But again, this looks like the next gen, the PS5. Uh, Xbox Series X version of a Lego game. Makes me say, I need to go get that, right? Even if I can get it for the PlayStation 4, if it's not exclusive to next gen, from that trailer, it looks so good. That was like, yeah, I would want to squeeze that all out, right? And and really enjoy that experience. I wouldn't want to get it on the PS4 and see this a little bit behind. I don't know yet. I won't know until the reviews come out. If it looks as good on the PS4, I highly doubt it because there are some technical things going on with games right now. I even believe Fortnite's next update is updating it to Unreal Engine 5. means they're changing the entire engine of Fortnite. If you play Fortnite and it's free-to-play, you may not notice it initially, but the game is literally changing to the next generation of Fortnite. Um, they're upgrading the entire engine of the game. like They, re- like they remake the whole game kind of in a way. Um, and that's that's going to be impressive. There's going to be a lot of stuff under the hood, a lot more power coming to Fortnite that people might not even realize. It's the second time they did it. They did it before um, when they went from Unreal 3 to Unreal 4. I started playing when they, when, they, when they got on Unreal 4. I played once or twice on Unreal 3, didn't really like it, and they upgraded a lot of content in between that too. But yeah, it looks great on Unreal three and i i can't or on unreal four i can't believe I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the things we're going to do with unreal five but yeah so that's that's going on if you're not aware that's going on now um some other games that came out uh death stranding is getting a director's cut if you guys like that that has a really good story in it um but again that's just like that's not to me the next gen far cry six is is showing off a lot of their um the cinematics, they they have uh, the guy from Breaking Bad, uh, uh, Gustavo Free from Breaking Bad is the main villain for Far Cry 6. And Far Cry is a fun game, but him being the main villain, I love him so much. And it looks like it has a kind of maybe cartel or um, that Breaking Bad vibe. They're doing that meta thing, I feel like, where they're like, yeah, we got the guy from Breaking Bad. He's our villain, too. That's kind of the whole... He's not just being like the actor. He's kind of channeling the spirit of the character into Far Cry 6. Um, so I, I think that's going to be really fun. Definitely Far Cry 6 is one to check out. Um, and we'll see what other good games they have coming out. I, I already touched on Saints Row. Um, Sifu looks like an interesting game. This one is another martial arts kind of game that's coming out. There's another uh, Battle Royale Samurai game. It's coming out, again, for the laptop or the computer. I don't want to talk too much about computer games because I feel like not everyone that listens to the podcast is going to have computer games. But there's, I'm telling you, there's a lot. Splitgate, that was the game I was looking for. So Splitgate came out. That's free to play. You can play on a PlayStation right now. I downloaded and installed it yesterday. Uh, Splitgate looks cool because Splitgate is like Portal. If you ever played Portal or ever heard of Portal, Portal was an interesting game where you can shoot a portal onto a wall, shoot a second portal somewhere else onto a ceiling or a floor, and you can walk through the portals you created. 
And in the Portal game, it was not a violent game with any action. It was just a game with solving puzzles and making your way around a room. Um, it was a very fun, satisfying mechanic. And no one did anything else with it, right? The company behind that is Valve. They went on to make Steam the, pretty much the, the, the de facto video game platform on your computer. Um, and they went to make a ton of money and became a giant company um, making basically Steam games or selling, selling games on the computer, kind of creating the market. Um, and they didn't make any more Portal games or do anything else with that mechanic. So it was disappointing because I'd hoped that Portal would evolve. It had a good story, had good mechanics, and they never did anything else with it. So Splitgate is not Valve. It's another company, and I already played it. The portals work almost exactly the same. It feels very, very nice when you're playing, and it's a shooting game. It's free to play. You can play it right now. You can give it a try. Definitely recommend giving Splitgate a try um, on your current systems you have. And if it works, it feels right. They, they, they have it as an arena shooter game. So it says you want some guys fighting in a room. Portal was this very same way. You were going to a puzzle. It's kind of you were kind of locked in a room. So it has the same feel of that, except now they're giving you all the guns you would want to have. So like if a guy is on the other side of the room, you could shoot a portal behind him onto the wall, shoot a portal next to you, right onto your wall. So if you try to shoot all the way across the room at him, you could look and he's basically you're behind him now when you look through your portal, because the portal's behind him. So then you go, you just look to your right, five feet away, shoot him in the back of the head. And technically, he's across the room 100 yards, and your bullet's going through your portal, out the other portal, hit him in the back of the head. That is very fun and satisfying, um, especially because they might not notice that you put the portal behind them, right? It's a little laser that comes by. It's very quick. And um, if you, I'm sure better players will realize, I need to move. There's a portal behind me now. Um, or if they're distracted and they don't see it, then you can actually even walk through that portal. After like four or five feet, you can step in and transport you to the other side of the room. You can hit them in the back of the head with a bat or a melee hit and kill them. Um, very fun. It's a smart game. I like when games let you come up with strategy, and they call it emergent gameplay, right? The stuff that you do may not even be what the developer expected you to do. Uh, Portal talked about that, the, that company behind there, where people were posting videos of all the, the cool tricks they ended up figuring out to do using that mechanic, right? Because it's just, it's just science. You're playing with gravity when you you know, you jump down to the floor, you put a portal on the floor, another one on the ceiling, you can fall through the floor, end up falling out the ceiling, and then throw it on the portal in a different direction and loop yourself and fly across the room. A lot of crazy things you can end up doing when you're playing with that mechanic. The physics work very, very well. Um, and then who knows what could happen. Now you throw in rocket launchers and grenades and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, definitely I think it's something that people can get into. I wasn't crazy about the graphics on Splitgate, but just like Fortnite, maybe one day they can upgrade that. It seems like it's an independent company making Splitgate, um, but definitely worth trying trying out. They also, like I mentioned a million times, they have the Fortnite business model. So as soon as you sign in, season pass, a bunch of skins you can get. And one smart thing they did um, was in the Call of Duty, you can't see your character. So they focus more on selling skins for the gun because you see the gun that uh, a whole lot. But in Splitgate, when you do an emote, it zooms out and you can see your character for a second, right? When he does the celebration or she does the celebration. So they're selling skins and they're selling skins for the gun and for your character. I said, oh, I see. You're double dipping here, right? You're, you're, you're allowing your game to at least be able to sell both, which is you know, kudos to them. It's what people like to spend money on sometimes. So 
there you go, right? They're they're at least again they're doing the art, they're making their game, but they're also paying attention to business, and I'm always a big fan about that. Always got to point out that when I see people executing, uh, Super Monkey Ball, that's another popular game that's coming out on the next gen systems. Let's see what else we have here. Anything else noteworthy? And those are pretty much some of the main ones I want to mention. I mean, I'm not going to cover all the GamesCon. That would take a long time. But that's pretty much the the, the video game portion. Check out GamesCon. Check out some of the games that are coming out. Um, but I want to spend the whole podcast talking about that. Um, but yeah, it's exciting even from, again, an artist standpoint, right? Because a part, to, to segue that into, you know, currently what's going on with my project called Rave. Um, what's that's going on? I'm developing a, a series or a pitch for Netflix. It's going to have a few different processes. So first, I'm I'm going to develop a a pitch document for Netflix, right? Which is what they basically ask you to do if you want to pitch a TV series or something to them, right? So I'm going to pitch a TV series um, component for Rave. Rave can also be a sh- uh, a film, but I think it would work really, really well as a TV series for Netflix. I think it checks off all the boxes of what they're looking for. So I'm developing a short little TV series uh, for that, but I want to also shoot a short film locally to show off that, right? So it could be a five-minute short film. It could be a 15-minute short film. I'm writing a screenplay for the 15-minute version of the short film, um, and I'm going to start shooting that locally, I believe, in 2022, right? We'll say that, right? We'll say maybe maybe early to summer 2022, uh, I feel like summer definitely, right? Because that, that involves a few things when it comes to getting a car. Some things in my job might be changing with my schedule. Um, and then eventually getting a camera and some other equipment to to, to round out the end of the production. I have, I have all the lights and all the sound equipment I need. And I have some cameras. I could do it on my phone um, and some other devices that I have. But that's going to be, um, you know, right now is pre-production for for rave so right now we're doing some scouting of locations um some little places we're looking for again if you're interested in any of the production side of it or the behind the scenes stuff if you don't want to be on camera that's fine um i'm already talking to people about you know different places we could shoot um got got some makeup i ordered a lot of different makeup we're gonna try some makeup tests and see how things look do some color grading on a computer just to kind of figure out how things are looking and everything's shaping up really well from that. I think it's a good starter project because it's not a big it's not a big undertaking, right? Again, it could end up being five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Um, really, I want to see what is doable with everyone who wants to be involved. So, if I, for example, come across you know two or three people that have a lot of time, I could use them to stretch it out to maybe fifteen minutes, or maybe I just want a five minute little demo of what it would look like to help enhance the pitch document and show the people at Netflix what it is I'm trying to sell to them. Um, There's something they enjoy. If you're able to you know create something like that, it also shows off my director abilities. So. That's something, again, if you're out there and you're interested and you're in the area, um, even if you're remote, if you think that you have a skill that you can, you know, bring to the project to help enhance that pitch, I tell everyone, you you come on in now to the ground floor when things are just starting and you want to be involved. There's going to be lots of more projects like this over the years, just ramping up more and more and more as I increase my resources and start doing this more and more. There's going to be lots of other projects down the line that you can be involved in. And then, yes, once once something clicks, or something will click, because I am Sammy Ryan, that's how things work for me. I will find something that will make that whole thing click. 
then at that point, you'd be able to be compensated and brought into a business model that I have in place that's based off of all the other things that I'm always talking about in the podcast, right? Things I see people are missing. I believe the independent film circuit to that, that eventually being with um, a stream platform or getting eventually a movie made in theaters, there's a lot of different ways to make money, a lot of different ways to be successful that people aren't doing, and you're going to see me do that. And that's the, the beautiful thing about the podcast is we have a small listener base that I really appreciate right now, but the point of this is to create a record, right? So... I'm a big Gary V guy, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, follow him on all his social media platforms. You know, he has videos he's posted years before he got to the point where he's at now. Um, You can go back and watch those videos and you can see when no one was watching the things that he was doing, the things he was talking about, and you can see how they all worked out and he's successful. And I love that you can see that, that growth where someone says, I was here, a lot of people didn't know about me, a lot of people didn't care. But this is what I was talking about, and then boom, we're here. A lot of times you meet people or you hear about talents after they've already successful, and then you they do like a documentary or a flashback with some like pictures, and they, they didn't record the whole thing. They may not have known they were going to be where they were going to be, but Sammy Wright knows what he's going to be, right? And that's the whole point of these podcasts is a little general, general entries where I say, this is the stuff that influences me. This is how my mind my works. This is how my mind works. These are the things that I was thinking about along the way and all the things I think you guys can benefit from for that. Um, that's where we're going to go into the biggest mistake that Sammy Rye made, something I wanted to share with you guys. And then we're going to round out the podcast with that this week. So this goes into the words of the week, right? Usually I start off with that, but I wanted to keep it for this segment to this part, right? This is the lesson I'm trying to throw out there, the value I'm trying to give the people, right, if you're listening. For the words of the week this week, I want to say, make sure you understand why you're doing it, right? As for any decision that you make, make sure you take a moment to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You could do this with people in your life when they're doing something that upsets you or do something that makes you happy. You should stop if you can, if you can catch yourself and say, why is this person doing this? Why is this person behaving this way? Why are they saying this, right? Sometimes... I think maybe most times, really, behind our actions is something else emotional. If it's if it's from your friends or from your family, you know, people that are close to you, if you understand, if you take time to understand those people, you might see that they typically do things that align with some part of their character, right? It may not be your favorite part of the character, but there's something that upsets you. You may not even realize it's a part of their character if you're just kind of really excited about the things you like about a person. Sometimes when they make mistakes or they have flaws, you got to look and say, where is this coming from, right? It may not be about you. It may not be intentional, right? Or they might be able to help themselves. But beyond whatever they're doing, the actual thing they're saying or doing, there might be something else under, underneath there. And once we start to mature and be able to recognize that, that greatly improves our relationships. You can give people a lot more grace. You can say, okay, I understand why you're doing this. Uh, maybe, you know, we can talk about this later. Um, you know, I can forgive this or excuse this for now. Um, or if someone's doing something that, that, that you, they, you really like, you can understand, is that coming from a good place? Is it coming from a bad place? Are they trying to be a people pleaser? Are they trying to make you happy? Are they, are they extending themselves beyond where they should be? Um, maybe I shouldn't encourage them to extend themselves beyond that, right? Watch out for those things. Because the biggest mistake Sammy Wright ever made, if I had to go back and say, what it was that I did that was uh, was completely misinformed. 
you hear some slogans and stuff from different celebrities and things like uh, people say like, um, uh, you know, I, I had to win at my plan A because there was no plan B, right? This idea of I need to go all in. I need to be super successful in one way. It's it's all or nothing, ride or die, yada, yada, yada. And for everyone who succeeds, that's very poetic and that sounds like amazing. Like, wow, those guys are so dedicated. That is not a good idea. I don't give it, I don't care. You could bring me two or three people that are successful. You bring me a hundred people that are successful with that mindset. That is not the best idea, right? Um, and really, to me, it's a lazy idea. Now, if you are going into your plan A or you, you're doing something and 24-7, that's all that you're doing honestly, right? There's nothing else that you're doing. You are truly some person who eats, sleeps, and drinks, and you are completely putting yourself into something. I'm not going to tell you to pull back, right? If that's what you're doing, that's fine. However, I rarely have ever met anyone that genuinely does that, right? That that sounds so good to say. I see people constantly that take time to do other things, right? And they'll pretend or they'll say that this is all they do, but there's obviously room in their lives for other things. So... If you're trying to be successful in business, in art, or anything that you're, you're pursuing in life, I think what I always understood that you need to do for me is you need to always invest in a way that you can build yourself in a healthy way, in a slow way over time, and take care of your responsibilities. When I was younger, I used to think to myself, when I was doing music, I said, I need to put all this money and energy into music. This is what my number one thing needed to be. Luckily, in the background, this, my saving grace was I always felt like I needed to have a job, right? So I always worked. I always made some money, but I never really put that much attention into that money, the real money coming in at week after week, right? It was always there. I'm always getting paid, right? Never been unemployed. Always made sure I had a job, right? So I still focused, you know, 80% of my energy on these other things. And truthfully, 80% is even too much of a... Uh, you know, a way to really look at it, that 80% probably was more like a 50%, right? Because finding jobs, keeping jobs is something that, you know, when you clock out and you go home, you have a lot of free time to yourself, right? Again, based on certain situations, you have other things that you'll do. But like, I, you, you can picture like the working mom, right? The, the person that's like taking care of their kids and still going to college. You hear that story. It's not an uncommon story. That person realizes that, that their, their work, their main job is only about half their energy, right? They still have time for their family. They still have time to learn and then go to school and better themselves. And when I was young, I did not put enough energy into that other 50%, right? I would work. I still did music, but I didn't do music where it was encompassing every single thing I did after I clocked out. And I did not develop myself for my primary job or for my primary career path to make money in a way that would feed into the music career, my hobby, right? And that's the thing I'm saying. Adjust that part of your of your your approach to things. If you're out there and you, you're following something, you want to be an actor, you want to fly you know, to L.A. to go live there or something like that, right? You can do those things, but it'd be much better for you to go to L.A. with a certificate in, you know, computer networking. That's what I got, right? Or um, something for, like, a technical skill. That when you're in a place, you can make some serious money and then still funnel that into what you're doing. I, I think people a lot of times think, I have to be a struggling, poor artist. 
And that works if you can find someone who has money that can support you, that can back you. But if you don't have that, if you're not coming from wealth, if you're not in a situation where you have someone that's going to invest a bunch of money into you and you're building this thing by yourself, look at what you can do. See if you can make money off of that and develop that also. Increase that money. That's that's the position I'm in, right? I'm in a place now where I'm moving to a place because 10 years later, I realized I needed to invest, you know, 30 more percent of my time into that my, my primary career path and make money that way. I'm now getting to the point where I went from wanting to make music, wanting to be in a movie, wanting to direct a movie to now I could produce my own movies because I financially are getting enough money together for my primary job. Well, now I don't need someone else to tell me yes. Now, if I want to make a movie, I can just make a movie, right? I don't need, I can't make, you know, a hundred million dollar blockbuster or whatever, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm I'm making what I believe this day and age will be a very good uh, quality film that is consumable, that could be make make some money, that could lead into merchandise, something that's made for the internet in this day and age. I believe there's lots of different ways you can make money that way. And I'll be getting into more of that over the on the podcast over the next year, definitely the next two years, as you start seeing those products come out and all the ways those things really fill out. Um, and you can create that space for yourself in anything that you do, right? If you have a, a craft business, you're going to need money. I've seen this for people. You need money for crafts. You need money for supplies. You need money for advertisements. So if your only thing you're doing, if you're saying to yourself, I'm investing everything into my craft business. Well, if you have no money to to do that and you're waiting little, you know, week for week for week because your primary source of income is a small, you know, income because you don't have any kind of education, you're going to be delaying yourself for a long time and I did that. For 10 years, I had as a regular basic job and I had a basic, you know, close to minimum wage level of income. And I was very happy in the sense that I spent a lot more time doing my passion. But looking back, I said, man, you know, realistically, could I have made more money at my primary job and still been successful in what I was doing? I think I would have been more successful. I think I would have had more money um, to invest if I would have took my my other 20% of my day, you know, to go home, study for an hour to get a certification, get a degree or something like that and have a steady job. I could have invested into my music career a lot more. And that's something I I can do now. I now have all my equipment I need for music, right? But I got a better primary job. And you hear a lot of stories about successful people. That's what happens. There's money behind them some kind of way. Someone gave them the money or they had a business partner that really believed in them and they were were together. And that's risky, right? Because if if you bank on that and and that person moves away, then you're going to be hit, right? There's a lot of young talent I see to fall into that situation where they, they attach themselves to that income person. And then when that income person decides to shift, then now that person has two or three years or whatever. They've completely relied on this person. The money's gone. And they have also haven't you know developed other skills to then support their business in the same kind of way. Now they need, now they need to go back to school. So the momentum they were building for two or three years gets stopped. And then they have to go and figure out. And, you know, a lot of, like I said, for me in my 30s, I had to figure it out, right? So it's not uncommon. I'm repeating to you one of the biggest mistakes I think I made in business, which is okay because in my mid-30s, I got it all back, right? And I have a lot of other experiences, stuff like that. So there's always time for that. Whatever mistake you think you made, you can recover. Just learn from it, promote it, tell people about it, give that value to people around you. I think people appreciate that. Hopefully you guys appreciate that for this week's podcast, right? So I'll wrap it up there. 
keep positive energy, keep working on what you're doing, really look at your day and see how much time do you have, are there some things you could drop out of your day that you don't really need to be doing, and say, you know, what could I be focusing on, is there a small, you know, something I could do, I know people pick up like their CDLs, right, the commercial driver license, they might get a job delivering or something like that, right, and make some extra money, some, some better some better income coming in that can help you have that breathing room for their life and those resources to then invest in their bigger thing that they want to do. And, and give yourself back that control. If you don't have people bringing money into you, then you know figure out a way to get a little bit more money and then invest that into what you're doing. I think you'll find, even right now, I'm developing a series for Netflix. I'm also getting my next technical certification. It's not that difficult. I still have a job. I still have a family. When I look at my day, I find that there's still time available, right? So if you really ask yourself and you're saying, what am I doing with my 16 hours I'm awake? How much of that's on your phone? How much of that's watching a TV or playing the video game, right? Those things are nice at certain times. But definitely you could take probably 10 hours out of your week and 20 hours out of your week and develop something else that's going to bring you that surge of income that you need that's going to power all the other things that you have going on. So don't don't fool yourself like I did when I was younger and think that, no, 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 I need more time to just kind of do the fun thing. Put in that extra work. You're going to reap the benefits from it. I'm Sammy Rye. Hope you guys have a great week. And thank you so much for tuning in again to that podcast with Sammy Rye. Peace. Peace. <laughs>